Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On this episode, I'm joined again by my friend and regular co-host, Kaylee Kelch. Kaylee, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be here after like all the holiday rush. It's nice to connect again and be able to chat. Yeah, it's great. So we're recording this right after Christmas. Who knows when this will come out because that's the way we roll with the podcast. And we are kind of a little bit crazed at the moment. I think the new year has kind of hit us. <laughs> it is a little hard. And we were just talking about how it, it would be easy to just kind of cancel and say, let's just reschedule. Life's a little bit too busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we never want to, because honestly, I mean, like this time together and spending time in God's word is just such a sweet time for me that I don't want to, um, cancel. Even when life is crazy, I, I fit it in because it's refreshing to me. Right. Right. But the lie that we all believe is it can wait till tomorrow, yeah. especially when it comes to reading our Bibles and praying and kind of having that quiet time. I, I remember talking to this gal once that she, she had this idea in her head of what her time with the Lord should look like. And right. if it couldn't look like that, then she didn't do it at all. Hmm. Right. Which and that, means it typically gets pushed way, way, way down the road. Right. Right. Because you can't always have it look the way you want it to look. Uh, and so that's one of those things we're going to talk about today is how to kind of really cultivate a devotional life with the Lord, how to, how to cultivate a habit of mm -hmm. studying God's word, even uh, when we don't necessarily feel like it. Sounds good. Sounds good, right? And so I'm coming at this from a sort of really interesting perspective. I, on the the challenge, not really the challenge of a friend, but a friend was talking to me about how he was reading through the book of Ecclesiastes, and it was mm -hmm. really uh, striking to him how much the wisdom of Solomon is relevant for us today. Mm. And so because I just came off of this break and I was between Bible study homework seasons, I took the time to read through the book of Ecclesiastes. And I, I, it was one of those uh, Bible reading times where I could never just sit in my living room chair and read it without, if there was somebody else in the room, like, can you believe Solomon just said this? You know? Right. <laughs> I was continually interrupting everybody else's like quiet little coffee sipping moment with some pronouncement from Solomon. But I feel like it sets it up for why having a, a devotional time with the Lord is so important because it debunks the, the theory that if I do this, my life will be awesome. Mm. Right. I mean, so I, I find that when it comes to doing anything that's Christian, anything that's biblical, I've, I've fallen to the, or have the tendency to fall into the mindset of what reward will this reap? Yeah. Kind of like if you show up at the gym, you expect to get fitter. If you go get your car tuned up, you expect to expect it not to have big expenses. You clean your house. I don't know why we ever expect it to stay clean because it never has. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice for a little while. It's nice for 25 seconds and then right. <laughs> we got to deal with it all over again. But, but we do what we do thinking we're going to get something in return for it. 
It's true. I mean, I think we're programmed that since really what, like first grade, as soon as even before that, but you enter school and you do your homework and you get that sticker, you get that A. And then when you start moving up in school, you get those scholarships. And and so there's always kind of this reward mentality with so much of what we do. Right. I mean, it works the same way, you know, oh, you work hard enough, you get that bonus, you get that promotion. So it's so um, rewards oriented. And yet we can't cross that over and bring that into our relationship with God. No, no. And we, we, we can't, and yet there is something, I mean, on the flip side of it, I think every time we study God's word, it changes our perspective. Oh, it sure. Changes our expectations. It helps us see God in a way that we couldn't see him before. And so it deepens us. It, it, mm-hmm. it changes us from the inside out. But it's not a guarantee that we've checked it off the list. Therefore, God's going to look at us and say, hey, good girl, now you're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, now you're not going to have anything difficult to face. Right. Well, and I think that's like it's what you were just saying. It's more of maybe an intangible result of that our perspective changes or the way we relate to other people improves. And obviously that has a long-term effect of hopefully our relationships improve. But a lot of times as we become healthier and we become more grounded in the word, there Mm -hmm. is more tension in relationships because other people don't understand where we're coming from. And, and they're so absorbed in the world that like, that's what over hours, you know, because we are in this, this conflict and this battle. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, it's more of how it changes us versus that, oh, well, because I've had my devotions, my mm-hmm. sick aunt is now going to get better. Right. And actually, um, Solomon says something quite the opposite of that. And I'm going to mm-hmm. be jumping all over. I've got like eight tabs here on Solomon. Okay. So basically, I mean, just to kind of set up the, the book of Ecclesiastes, it, it is written by Solomon, who is king. And when God... Um, in, in his appointment of king, basically he asked God for wisdom mm-hmm. and God gave him not only wisdom, uh, but riches and all sorts of luxuries and privileges and power. And so he is spending uh, this book telling us about what he's discovered. And he's ultimately think of him as the man who has everything, right? Everything. So for all of us who are longing for something, Solomon had it. And so he's got an inside scoop into it. And so we could cease striving Mm -hmm. and just take a word from him. And so I I came across this passage, which was really rough. It's in uh, chapter nine. uh, And I'm picking up at verse 11. Although I got to read verse nine because it's just relevant. Um, Verse nine says, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The meaningless days. (laughs) The meaningless days. Okay. Take note of that. The the happily live happily in the meaningless days. Right. That is like, if, if, if there's hashtags for Solomon, it's live happily meaningless days. (laughs) Um, The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil and I thought, man, I hope I'm, I hope I'm a reward to Stephen. Mm. That was very convicting to me because uh, that dude works so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that he feels that it's worth it for, for what he does. So then verse 10 sounds very much like Paul. Whatever you do, do well. 
for when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. And then verse 11, so I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race, and the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. People can never predict when hard times might come, like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tragedy. Mm. Rough. Yeah. Truth. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's sobering truth that our efforts, somebody else's efforts, do not always uh, lead to the, what we believe is the fair outcome. Right. And yet we, I think, have talked about this and have been praying about this and thinking about this for many months now. We measure God's love by outcomes. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we looked at this passage and said, oh, wow, I ran fast and I didn't win the race, I wonder what I did wrong. I wonder why mm-hmm. God doesn't love me. I um, am wise. I've been a good steward of my money. I've, I've used my education. Why are we declaring bankruptcy? Right. right? Um, why did my husband lose a job? And, and we had these medical bills. And I just got a, a text message from uh, somebody who I don't know who was – it was a, a more-to-be email prayer request about how they were going to be evicted. Like, mm. And it wasn't their own – doing necessarily in that situation. Um, When those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. I mean, sometimes we know the smartest people who make the dumbest choices, right? Like, Mm. like just because you're entitled to, or you, you're privileged by a really fantastic education doesn't mean that all the pieces of your life are going to play out perfectly. Well, and I know he doesn't say this, but you know, I feel like it takes the other side, you know, the people who eat healthy and exercise regularly, still get cancer. Right. Or still drop dead of a heart attack. I mean, right. I, I know I had a, a friend of a friend's, but I mean, they were just walking with their family because the dad was so healthy and spent so much time, like he was a runner and he went out for a run one day and didn't come home and he dropped dead of a heart attack and left four little girls, you know? Yeah. Just, and, and a godly man, Christian. Right. And it's like, why? Where did that come from? You know? Why? And, and we don't like to ask the why questions. We don't like to talk about suffering because it's easier to try to strive towards an invisible life insurance policy, right? Like we want, we want some sort of policy that we can pay our monthly deductible on that guarantees that tragedy won't catch us suddenly. That, that's why we have insurance in the first place, right? Right, right, right. And so why wouldn't we think from a spiritual perspective, yeah. the way the world has trained us and wisdom in, in some of those decision makings um, ha- has groomed us toward? Yeah. And that's where like the mind of Christ, the mind of God, the ways of God are not our ways. Right. And, and this we, is where this whole like trusting relationship comes into play. Yeah. 
So I had posted this on um, my Instagram story and, and said, you know, unpopular truth was all I wrote on it. And, and somebody, as opposed to the day before where I had posted from Ecclesiastes 8, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. People love that. Right. We right. love that. That's like, yes, like I could get behind finishing is better than starting and patience is better than pride. But if I post something like, you know, uh, sudden strategy will catch you. That's not yeah. a popular thought. And yet. So it's reality. So it's reality. And a friend said to me, so what are you supposed to do? Like, how are you supposed to live? And that's the beauty of Ecclesiastes and Solomon. Mm-hmm. He tells us. And, and throughout all the reading, I'm just going to kind of pick some of the highlighted, even though almost my whole book is highlighted, some of the things. Like he kicks off with um, uh, on chapter one, verse two, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never change, changes. And he talks about the sun rising, the setting, and the, the wind and the rivers. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. And we quote that often. I, yeah. I, when I'm working with a new uh, coach coming out of the coach training class and she's thinking about launching her coaching business, you know, the struggle is what, what's going to make me unique? How am I going to launch my coaching practice? That's like nobody else's. And, you know, you can't, you can't hardly even find a URL unless you use your own name because there is nothing new under the sun. But what you have to offer that person that needs to work with you is appointed by God. That's your work. And it doesn't have to be something new under the sun because it's not, Solomon says it doesn't exist. But I think we that's part of where the striving comes in because then we're striving for standing out, being unique, being somebody different, avoiding the struggles of life because if right. we do just the right things, everything's going to line up. And, right. and so then we, we're just running, like you're yes. chasing stuff. Right, right. And he says that. Okay, so back to um, chapter eight. Um, this is what he, I think this is a great summary of the whole book. Uh, chapter eight, verse 15. So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. In mm-hmm. my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is ceaseless activity day and night. I realized that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun not even the wisest people can discover everything, no matter what they claim. It's funny. We think our lives are busy and the, and they are, they're going yeah. like warp speed. And yet again, nothing new under the sun back then they felt like they were busy too. I know. I know this. It's like, he's writing to today. Mm-hmm. And so mankind hasn't actually ever changed. <laughs> Well, and I think but when you were reading that, I was like, oh, okay, there's, there's that idea then I recommend having fun. So the idea of living in the moment, living in the present with the people that you're surrounded with and enjoying those family times or the times with friends. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's not saying that you're going to avoid the rough days and the struggles, but like when time is good 
enjoy it. Yes. Soak yeah. it in because yeah. there are, the days are hard and there is a lot of hard work that comes on this earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's very much, I think of Jim Elliott. I had his quote at the end of my email for years and years of wherever you are, be all there. Mm, and I like that. Right. And so it's this idea of being present, this idea of savoring the moment because mm-hmm. you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. You know, and I had a friend years ago tell me, Lisa, you went through all of your like H E double hockey sticks uh, before you came to know the Lord. And so you're not going to have to suffer now. And <laughs> nope, don't think so. All like, it says, I, only I that was actually true. <laughs> but I believed it because I was always afraid of like the, the wrecking ball to come crashing into my seemingly perfect life. And, and so I got like comfort out of that and rested yeah. on my laurels thinking, all right, I did my time. Now, now freedom, freedom's here. This is easy. This will be, I don't need to be afraid of tomorrow, but I was putting hope in circumstances instead of hope in Jesus's provisions for struggles and Mm -hmm. and tragedy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, again, like Solomon says this again and again in uh, chapter two, I'm looking at, um, man, he talks about work a whole lot. He talks about hating life. <laughs> I mean, like literally he hated his work. I looked at everything. I had worked so hard to accomplish. It was also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. I mean, he is just like, whoa, is me. You're thinking, get this guy on some medication, get some oils going, do something, <laughs> change his temperament. Like he's in a bad place, people. But so then, what do you think, yeah, I was going to say, what do you think is meaningless? Like that he's like, I hate my work. I hate... Well, he gets to verse 18 and he says, I came to hate all my hard work here on earth for I must leave it to others, others, everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish, Mm. yet they will control everything I've gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. (laughs) I do all the work. They get all the stuff and the credit and, you know, I'm going to be gone. Right. And so he said, so I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. They must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless. A great tragedy. (laughs) I love him. I just love him. So what do people get in their life for all their hard work and anxiety? Mm. That was profound to me because uh, Leah was just listening to the Passion Conference and Lou, Gil- Lou Giglio was speaking and he has been public about his struggle with anxiety. And he said something that she relayed to me that like, this is the, the largest um, incidence of anxiety. It's like an epidemic on this generation. I believe I it. I mean, I see it. it. I see gotta- it too. Right. My, my one and only ever viral post in my 13 years of blogging is on uh, 40 verses to calm an anxious heart. Mm. Our, what, one of our most popular top five podcasts of 2018 was when we had Jessica Smart on and we talked about anxiety. Yeah. The, the one thing that my, my precious Leah, and she's public about it, has struggled with is anxiety. And yeah. it's her personality more than her circumstances, but there were circumstances that triggered the anxiety Mm -hmm. to have the ability to be diagnosed. And so she does struggle with 
with worry and she works hard all the time in every area of her life. And so I wonder, you know, do those two things go together? And is that anxiety that we are feeling around work, the normal everyday anxiety that every human being is going to struggle with, uh, is this something that uh, the antidote to that is there the verse 23, he says their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. Whereas he says in verse 24, so I decided that there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. And so I just look at this and say, there is a, this both and that I always talk about again, mm-hmm. where there's anxiety and worry around our work and our purpose and our life. And yet that same work and, and sense of purpose is also where we can find joy and satisfaction. Well, and don't you think that there's, uh, as we were reading just this section, it's like, it's a perspective shift. Like at first it's all about that he hates his work and he hates it because he's like other people are going to benefit from it. So that's all tied up in self of like, well, you know, it's that, that selfish little kid attitude. Well, I don't want to do this because somebody else is going to benefit from it, you know? And, and so there's this, this selfish pull. And yet then when he kind of shifts of like looking at saying, the good things that I'm given, the food and the drink, and that I can find satisfaction in my in, in work, it's all because of the hand of God. Yeah. These yeah. pleasures are from the hand of God. Yeah. And so it's the shift of taking away from taking everything off of myself and putting it back on t- into God. Right. Right. Totally. Because the rest of that verse I didn't read. Uh, but if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I just think that the the end result isn't the reward. The mm-hmm. journey is where the joy is. The, yeah. the moment by moment, the savoring it in the moment, realizing I can't create anything that is totally distinctive and unique. I can't secure my future through my efforts. I can't guarantee any outcomes. I can't avoid tragedy and suffering through this. But in this moment, right now, I can praise God. I can thank God. I can celebrate the work he gives my hands to do. I can Mm -hmm. celebrate the food I get to eat. I can celebrate the drink I get to drink and the people that I get to do it with. And then when the hard day comes, I can walk with him through that because he promises that he is faithful and just and that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so I will walk through those days. And then when I pop out on the other side, I'm going to once again praise him for his goodness of bringing me through that season and, and whatever good things are happening at that moment in time and moving forward. Totally day to day living versus the, the, because we're such planners that we want to, and I am, I mean, that's just my personality. Like I want to plan things out and know where we're going and, and have everything lined out. And yet I think God wants us to plan ahead, but also live in the moment and not be so locked up in the fact of, but wait a second, this isn't happening the way that I had, I had outlined it. 
yeah. I had put on my spreadsheet that in a year or five years, this is where my life is going to be. Right. It's like, Lord, these are the goals I'm headed towards, you know, is your blessing upon that? And I'm going to steadily move forward. But as I walk from here to there, whatever is comes my way each and every day, it's your day and yeah. you're with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And, and so I'm going to um, turn us to you 11 and 12 as, because this is just a great place for us to like kind of bookend this mm-hmm. lessons from Ecclesiastes lessons from Solomon, and then look at how do we, how do we do this individually? Meaning like, like, how do we live in the moment preparing ourselves for the next moment through kind of cultivating that devotional life with God? So, so I do think it starts young (laughs) and, and if we're coming at it later in life, it's not, it's not too late for us to start then, but here's what Solomon says. (laughs) The, The subtitle in chapter 11 is the uncertainties of life. And then, um, at right before verse seven, it says advice for young and old. Mm. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in everyday life. But let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Every minute of it, do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry. And keep your body healthy, but remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. Hmm. Verse 12 picks up, or chapter 12 picks up. Don't let ex- the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. And right there, like, that is why we read our Bibles. Because we mm-hmm. will forget our creator. We mm-hmm. will forget who God is. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. (laughs) Before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunity is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy. Like a dying grasshopper grasshopper, and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire, Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, and the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now while you are young before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust you will return to the earth and the spirit will return to the God who gave it. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise and he taught people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truth clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful, but helpful. Hmm. Their collected sayings are like a nail studded stick with, with which a shepherd drives the sheep. 
but my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful for writing of books is endless and much study wears you out. <laughs> That's the whole story. Here's now my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. I just take this in, right? I mean, yeah. this is this is a life roadmap. Mm -hmm. This is where you start. Develop those habits of enjoying life because as you age, and I think this is like what would be in parentheses, as you age, you get cynical, critical, negative, and uh, despairing, <laughs> right? right? Your, There's the tendency to that. Your youth fades yeah, and you only look at your circumstances unless you fear God and obey his commands. Mm -hmm. I think if you, if you ha live with an eternal perspective, there is no reason to age in a despairing way. Right. It, 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 it can be an opportunity. And I say that because I look at my mother-in-law, you know, the woman is 87 years old. She's beat breast cancer when she was 40. She's lived a God honoring, God fearing life in the wake of a broken marriage and, and she's endured really significant hardships in her life. And, and overall, if you sit down and have a conversation with her about why she lives, why she's here, she would tell you to glorify God. And does she do it perfectly? No way. I mean, right. we've had plenty of conflict. Trust me, I can tell you the no ways. <laughs> but, but I look at her as a woman who has said, I am, I am staying in the land of the living, devoted to my creator. And that has not happened because she's been surrounded by people telling her to. It's not happened right. because she's watched the news and decided that's how to do it. She has studied her Bible her entire life, possibly. And so her perspective is completely guided from that vantage point. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, like it goes back to this, that she didn't, she doesn't spend time in the word because that's her assurance and promise. And I'm using air quotes here that everything's going to be fine. Right. Right. She spends time because that's her connection and that's her relationship. And the relationship is what gives her peace in the hard times and gives her joy on the good days yeah. and everything in between. Right. Right. It's, it's kind of, it's an example worth following. I probably need to make sure she listens to this podcast so she knows. <laughs> right. she kill me for saying her age, but <laughs> I think it's a, I see her age as a um, badge of honor. Mm. Right. God's yeah. given her all these years and she has the opportunity to live life with it. And, mm -hmm. and, I don't know. Okay. So let's get really, really practical. We've kind of set it all up of this is why having a quiet time mm -hmm. isn't, we're not saying to do this because you're going to get a security out of it, but we're saying to do this because basically Solomon says, fear God and obey his commands. And that's everyone's right. duty. So nobody is off the hook here. And the only way to obey his commands is to know his commands, which are found in the word of God 
which the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit will bring alive again and again in various ways for us to apply. Right. So you wanted to take us to John. Tell us about that. Well, I guess when you were asking me a question of like what what scripture or passage kind of inspires you to be in the word and to have this devotional time, I was thinking, I was like, I can't really come up with one specific portion of scripture. And yet just as I learn about who Jesus is, like there's this drive to want to get to know him and God the Father better. And obviously the way to get to know them better is through the word. Mm -hmm. um, and I love John 17. Um, you know, we know that Jesus prayed and that he talked to his father all the time. And yet there's not many recorded prayers and conversations between the two of them. Mm -hmm. We have the Lord's prayer, which, you know, when the disciples heard him praying, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that's when he recited the Lord's prayer, which we often use in churches and, mm -hmm. and talk about and yet I love um, John 17. This is this recorded prayer of Jesus talking to God the Father right before his um, arrest. Mm. And so here he is in this moment of like his struggle. You know, we want to talk about like Solomon's going, you, you never know which, which way is it going to go. Like Jesus knew there was coming this time where there is going to be this this culmination of the struggle mm -hmm. and that his life would be that he would have to lay down his life um so he's praying for himself obviously that that god would just strengthen him and help him for the coming conflict but i love the fact that in the, that moment too when you know how how often when we're in a struggle like we're just praying like lord help me or or solve this problem or get me out of this and yet then Jesus turns his attention and starts praying for his disciples. Mm. Um, and going down to John 17, verse 15, the whole passage is great. But um, looking at this, he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Mm. So again, this idea like, Oftentimes we want to be removed from the hardship in the situation. He's like, no, don't take them out of this world, but protect them and equip them. Um, 16, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Mm. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. And then I love, so then he's praying for the disciples and then he shifts to us. Mm. Verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Mm. May they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Mm. And I think that that's the promise and like the goal is that yeah. we can be one with Jesus and with God, the father. And, and that's the connection that's going to drive the joy and the peace in the hard times. And so how do we get to this point in time? You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. been a time, as he said, uh, make them holy by your truth, teach them your word, which is truth. Mm -hmm. The only way that we can learn the word is by reading this, this love letter from God. Right. Right. And, 
man, this is just, God, you are so good. You, you came to us with this perspective of Jesus. I came from this perspective of Solomon. One book of the Bible, two individuals in the Bibles, in the Bible being quoted, both essentially saying the same thing, mm. right? Because Solomon is saying, obey God, know his commands, obey his commands. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, know the truth, the truth and the commands. I think those are synonymous. Yeah. They're not different things. And so there's this idea that, that we are being pointed in a very clear direction and you said it perfectly. We cannot know the truth if we don't read the truth. And so if our desire is to please our heavenly father, which is a good, a good and right desire Mm -hmm. uh, and demonstrate our love for him through our actions. I always say love is a verb. It's not a feeling. It is a verb. Um, And so if we're going to put legs on love and live it out, living out our love relationship with God is about spending time with him, listening to and, and taking in his love letter to us. And I'd say like, I know a lot of times it's hard of, well, where do I start? You know, right. where do I even dive in? And I, I would say if you're struggling with trying to figure out to set a, a goal of to like actually getting into the words, start with the gospels, right? like fall in love with Jesus and who he is and, and let that start to drive where it takes you in the Bible because once you start to see him for who he is, and I'd say when you're reading, it's like, what does this teach me about God? Yep. What does this teach me about his character and who he is? And then flip the other side of it is what does it teach me about me? Like yep. what he says about me. Yeah. And as you start to to read and discover those two things, I feel like it just kind of ignites a fire that then pushes you to want to know more um, and and dig in deeper. And I love, I love the Old Testament, but you know, you start with, with Genesis and you get to Leviticus and you're like, what Uh-oh. in the world with all these laws and this and that? And yet they make sense once you've had time to understand who God is. So, you know, don't get sidetracked because you're like, because there's so many people like, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. This is my commitment. And you start front to back and you kind of get sidetracked in the wilderness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Really. I do that. I look for places where I can be motivated. Mm-hmm. And so if I feel like my relationship with God is kind of on the dry side of things, I'm not going to open up to like second Kings. Like, right. That would not be the place I would go. I'm going to go reread an epistle from Paul or mm-hmm. put myself back into Psalms or Proverbs and if I'm feeling really energized, like there's something historical that I want to understand, I, I would, you know, go to the Old Testament and read through that. And I might have to splice it up back and forth because if some of it just feels irrelevant and boring. Right. Well, and I think that's the thing is like figuring out, you know, and, and not feeling bad. There's been times I'm like, yeah. oh, this feels a little boring, like you said, and I'm not, it's not really hitting me. Well, don't give up and be like, okay, well. Bible is just not relevant, you know, flip to something else. Um, another Proverbs is there's 31 chapters. So yep. you could take that and read that in a month. Yep. Um, uh, Psalms would take you a little more than half a year if you read just a chapter a day. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, there's a lot of different things. And I think um, the idea is just to get in it. You know, there was a lot of times I, I, I didn't start an exercise routine because it was like, I couldn't stick with it or it'd be too complicated or this or that. And I finally have found one that works and doing some weightlifting with my husband. I was doing other cardio and like, I'd figured out that and mm-hmm. that worked for me. We cycled together, but I always wanted to do some weightlifting and yet could never I'd do a little bit here or there and nothing would stick and I would give up and, you know, it, it took me time, but I finally found something that's simple for me to do and I can stick with it. Um, but there's that routine now and that habit's been created. And so it's easier to keep maintaining it. Right. And I think a lot of times it's just a matter of kind of starting, Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of takes on a life of its own. Yeah. I had, I had a pastor once tell me, cause he was speaking to the kids and he was, he actually challenged them. So sometimes, you know, you're like, why would I read the same book of the Bible more than once? But he was mm-hmm. like, take the book of Philippians and I want you to read it for the next, um, 10 days straight, like the whole book. Cause it's four chapters. Like you read it like each day you read the whole book of Philippians. And he's like, you know, you brush your teeth every day, right? Like, yeah. Why would you not do that? So if that's the same thing, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, so you, you're in a habit with that. So get in the habit of being in the word. And he, yeah, he was like Philippians and oh my word, there's so much practical stuff in that book. James, yeah. another great one. James is good. And so then the other thing I'd say, as I'm looking at the time, realizing we got to wrap this thing up I know. is, uh, Elizabeth uh, healed. I heard her at a conference and she was so funny. She had a bag and she said, calls it her Bible bag. Okay. And she takes her Bible bag with her everywhere. And I just thought it was a really good visual for those of us who can get a little bit caught up in the perfect setting and the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, then why bother at all? Mm-hmm. I'd say a bag is better than a basket. And, uh, taking it with you and, and squeezing it in at various points in your day or life is better than saying, I need the perfect moment. And so gotcha. I've got my, and actually it's been really helpful. I had like too big of a bag. So I found myself not wanting to lug it around. Right. And I had gotten this little, it's like a Bible bag case from Dayspring. I will post the link to it. Uh, and it's super helpful because my journal fits in it, my pens, mm-hmm. my Bible, and and, but it's not like a Bible cover where it's like clunky. I just take my Bible out and okay. use well, and it How way. often like you're sitting somewhere, doctor's office or even at the house yeah. and you have five, maybe 10 minutes. And what is our tendency is to pick up the phone and open some app and play a game or check yeah. social media. And yet that five or 10 minutes we could spend I know. time with God. I've noticed my over Christmas, um, we were over at my brother's and they have gotten on this idea that they're going to learn Spanish. So they're on the Duolingo app. Yeah. Well, my, my brother and sister-in-law, like they're very competitive. So it's funny because, you know, Stephanie will be like, oh, well, I, I got this many points today. And David's like, oh, you're ahead of me. So like he's on. And then, so they got though, Caitlin, my daughter yeah. on it and involved. And then Randy's on it, my husband. So I hear them in their bedroom. And it's funny though, they'll just hop on and it might be five minutes, but they can get through a lesson. Oh, and 
And instead of spending time doing other little things and yep. playing a game, like it's something productive. Yeah. Um, and, and they're learning, you know, yep. they're, they're digesting just even these little snippets of Spanish. It's amazing how much they're digesting that now when they hear something, they're like, oh, that's that word, you know? And I'm laughing um, because, and I'm remembering some little pieces that I'd learned back in high school. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how much more? Yeah, like if if just that little snippet of time, though, when yeah. it's, it's a Bible verse here and there, it's going to add up. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing that in a, yeah. a, in some regards in, with what we're doing with the More to Be Tribe on our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yes, on Sunday night we're posting the Brave Manifesto Principle, which is an inspired biblical, inspired from a biblical truth principle. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays, we post the scripture graphic. And so there's three touch points for anybody mm-hmm. who's like, what do I read? Well, we're giving you, you know, a couple of Bible verses a week mm-hmm. and a place to show up to engage with that. And you can make it like your own little accountability. You show up, you like it, and you answer, you know, the question that's posed and, and then you're in the word. And so that's, that's ultimately our goal. Just like you were saying, kind of fit it in. Your family's fitting in Spanish because Mm -hmm. that's what's important to them. And that's awesome. And so we want to be women who are like fitting in the word and and living that out daily so that even when tragedy strikes us, we are equipped with the truth at a time when we probably won't want to actually even read our Bibles at that moment. Right? Yeah. And when we're going to need it the most. Yeah. So. Good stuff. All right, my friend, uh, would you like to close us up in prayer today? I'd love to. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you for your mercy and your grace and for the truth that you teach us. And I just ask that you would please help each of us to be women of the word. And that um, however that looks, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or um, a half an hour of devoted quiet time, that you would just help us to make time for you and to make time for your word and that as we spend whatever portions of our day with you that you will continue to grow us and develop us into the godly women that you want us to be we love you so much and we're so thankful for who you are in your name we pray amen amen this is good good foundation good ideas for how to do it the bible reading portion of our pursuit with god and and even the we didn't even touch upon it. We'll have to do it another episode on how to cultivate a prayer life mm-hmm. that goes along with a devotional life mm-hmm. uh, because there's God speaking to us through his word and us responding to it. But this thing of prayer, how do we pray and how do we still our hearts before God to hear him in prayer? I think is something yeah. that we can do a part two on. Sounds good. Sounds good. So thank you everyone for listening to the More To Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More To Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More To Be Sisterhood Circle member. You'll be blessed with our signature courses and resources while being a blessing to others. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for our listeners. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.